0: Listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And now live in this studio, it's the All Pause Pet Talk Calling Radio Show with the valuable knowledge and expertise of our panel guests. Ready to take your calls? Listen to the phone number so you may call in live. Take it away, panel. Hello,
1: you're listening to All Pause Pet Talk Radio. With Dove Wolf, your host today, and I've got with me a very special guest, somebody I've been trying to meet and interview on air for about 20 years. Yes, yeah, seriously. I'm a longtime listener and big fan of Warren Eckstein, and we've got him on the show today. He's trained dogs and worked with animals for people like David Letterman, Cheryl Teagues, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Wow. And uh, my kids know him as the Creature Keeper for the Disney Channel's new Mickey Mouse Club. But you might know him from Regis and Kathy Lee or NBC or basically if you turn on your TV ever in the last 20 years, you've seen him with animals. So welcome to the show, Warren. We're so excited to have you. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Deborah. I'm glad to be with you. 20 years you've been listening. You started started listening when I was, what, nine?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and I was just a baby. Well, actually... I was in college, and I had a dog walking business on the side, training and walking, and it used to just kill me, because I'd be listening to your show on AM radio, and I'd be driving around, and I'd get to the park, or the forest, or the beach, and I'd have to stop listening, and I didn't want to stop listening, and and, you'd be giving out your hugs and kisses to all the pets out there, and (laughs) your great advice, and you were the first person I ever heard on the radio, or anywhere, that actually got it, that wasn't just trying to dominate animals, that was actually loving them at the same time and having fun doing it. So I'm so glad to have you on this show today. And maybe if you wouldn't mind if I could ask you a question we had from a listener.
2: Sure, absolutely, Deborah.
1: Okay, well, one of the listeners calls in and they've got a black lab and it loves kids. It's good. It's well-trained. Everything's great, except it chases shadows. So on a sunny day, it'll mark up its face so badly it's bloody from just hitting the pavement, trying to attack shadows. So what would you tell them?
2: Well, let me, let me first explain why that happens. It's the same thing that happens when dogs chase cars or when dogs chase the UPS guy or the mailman away. When the mm-hmm. dog chases the shadow, the shadow always disappears. So the dog, <laughs> wins. the dog just assumes that it's doing what it's supposed, just like when they chase a car, the car always goes away. So what we need to do here is not correct the dog because if you correct the dog, it's not going to resolve the problem. My suggestion, and I've had many dogs over the years that had similar problems, It's using Mm -hmm. something we call distraction therapy. So, for example, when we take the dog for a walk, I would find one item that this dog absolutely cannot live without. It could be a rag, it could be a tent, whatever it is. And the only time he gets that is when you take him for the walk. So his focus Mm -hmm. now on the walk is that special item versus the shadows on the street.
1: Well, since it's a young lab, probably some kind of ball or throat toy or fetch toy is gonna to do the trick there, I would think. I think exactly. sometimes people you- sorry, I think sometimes people use food a little too often, but this is the kind of problem that's more solved by a toy. When you say. Now, I'm
2: not a big, you know, a lot of people use food, and I'm a big believer in, you know, I know I was doing a lot of theatrical work years ago when you had to do a commercial, but some people, you're absolutely right there, overuse food. You know, I've yet to see one dog give another dog a biscuit when they do something right.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly.
2: It's a hug, it's a kiss. You know, the, the
1: concept, yeah. my whole
2: concept, and I can hear it in your voice, and, and you kind of have similar feelings, is, is that they live with us. Why can't we just negotiate with our pets?
1: Well, I think they negotiate all the time. The bait and switch that you see at the dog park, you know, where the dog grabs a ball he doesn't really want and pretends he loves it and then drops it so the bigger, tougher, faster dog will get it so he can go back to the thing he really wants. I mean, that's that's really... Manipulative. That They Let me can tell you
0: understand.
2: I, I, I had someone email me the other day. It was a really funny story. They have a Chihuahua and they have a German Shepherd. Not unsimilar okay. to me. And <laughs> the Chihuahua is just such a brilliant dog. This is what happened. The German Shepherd was playing with one of its toys, and the Chihuahua wanted that toy. The German Shepherd right. wasn't going to give that toy up. So, what the chihuahua did is he realized that he ran out in the backyard barking like there's a squirrel out there, him. then he ran back inside and grabbed the toy.
1: That's perfect, and that's bluff. You know, recently they, they did a study on cats. And it was so cool to, to read these results. It showed that a lot of cats will show fake sickness symptoms when they're actually just mad or upset or depressed or other things are going on. You know, you move or somebody moves in or something like this, and they'll actually manifest or display symptoms like they're sick, you know. And I've known dogs, one dog in particular whose owner was a veterinarian, this dog would limp so he could see daddy, right? He didn't actually have a sore leg. He would put it on. So I think that a lot of times we underestimate them.
2: You know, we do. In, in one of my books, I actually write a whole chapter called Hypochondriac Pets. <laughs> um, yeah, for example, I remember years ago I worked with a dog that had also had a limp in one of his legs, and the limp was taken care of, and the dog lived absolutely fine. But I remember whenever the dog wanted any attention, all it would do was lift that front and limp, associating the fact that he got so much attention for it in the past. So, I think they're just so much smarter than we are.
1: I think so too. And I think sometimes people underestimate cats. There was a cat recently on Vancouver Island. The people went to bed and they put the embers from their fire, which they thought were cold, in a bag outside the front door. And late at night, they were woken up by this terrible meowing. Their their outdoor cat was just, he just wouldn't let them sleep. And the man got up to yell at him and there's smoke billowing in the house. And so this cat clearly decided to stay there, decided to brave the fire and alert the people. Most people don't think cats are able to do all that or would want well, to.
2: Here's my feeling about cats Debra. Now, now. Let's take it from a totally animal behavior psychologist point of view, okay? okay? I believe that cats are so smart that they've convinced humans that they can't be trained just so we leave them alone.
1: Oh, that's a th- Oh, isn't that true? Yes, but
2: then you do get
1: the odd cat who wants to be trained. I've got one who jumps into my arms and tries to teach me to teach him stuff. You know, there's the odd one out there.
2: Every one of my cats always walked on a leash and harness because I took the time to educate them and socialize them young. You know, you always hear these people that say, oh, man, I can't deal with cats. I hate cats. Cats are stupid. They've never had the opportunity of being owned by a cat. So they have no (laughs) comprehension what living with a cat is all about.
1: You know, when you say that, it reminds me of what I've heard from shelter workers a lot, that um, cats pick their owners. People go and pick dogs, but cats actually pick their owners. If you buy a cat and it doesn't really like your home, it'll probably move in next door. you got to earn it. You do. you got to earn it.
2: You also know where the best cooks in the neighborhood are. <laughs> That's that's where the cats are hanging out, you know, it's absolutely amazing. But, you know, I'm such a firm believer. Years ago, everyone would let their cats outside, and and even I did. I grew up in the suburbs of Long Island, but nowadays, I just tell people you have to keep your cats inside. First of all, you know, we know the dangers coyotes and packs of dogs and Mm -hmm. all the things.
1: Cars. Cars are The average
2: lifespan of an outdoor cat is five years. The average lifespan of an indoor cat is 14 years. That ought to tell people something about keeping their cats inside, unless, of course, they do take the time and and educate them and teach them to walk on a leash and harness or build an enclosure for them.
1: Mm Hmm. You know, when you talk about that, it makes me think of doggy doors, because doggy doors, for me, I think it's a really good thing for elderly dogs. I think it allows people to keep their pets a lot longer and give them dignity. You know, if the pet can always go out to the washroom when they want to, there's so much less embarrassment and shame going on as the dogs get older. Do you think that doggy doors are a problem because the cats get out the doggy doors? Well, you
2: know, I have my doggy doors, and my dogs absolutely love them, and I have neighborhood cats. You know, my dogs are so well socialized that the neighborhood cats come and visit. Uh, but they have these new doggy doors that they actually have a, uh, I don't know what the technical term is. Um, I'm not a technical person. I think I sent my first email like a year ago. Um, right, but I think, I think
1: I know what you're talking about. The ones with that only your pet can open because it's got yeah, a matching signal.
2: Of, uh, uh, yeah, some some system that lets you know that your cat, your cat wears a collar and it can come right. inside. Those are absolutely so- fine.
1: You're one of the few people out there talking about pets that's also worked with other animals besides pets. So we're going to have to go to a commercial pretty soon, but I'm going to ask you about that. I know you've worked with dolphins and all kinds of exotics. Before we go to commercial, though, we've got a couple minutes left, about a minute and a half. Would you mind telling people? I know there are people out there who see on TV, they see or National Enquirer, different places. They see these women, usually, with monkey babies as pets. And for me, I used to work with monkeys and, and gorillas and all kinds of different apes and primates. I find it terribly distressing to think about this. The idea that these animals are going to live till about 80 or 50, depending on the species, and outlive the owner. And then what? Is really disturbing to me. So we only have about a minute left, but we're going to come back with this. Would you tell people? Do do you think it's okay for people to have monkeys as pets?
2: Absolutely, positively. I know we've talked about it, but absolutely, positively, not. People should not have exotic pets at all. As far as as far as I'm concerned, I'm okay with the reptiles once in a while if you really know what you're doing. But so many times, as you said, you hit the nail right on the head, Donna, uh, Donna, Deborah. You hit the nail right (laughs) on the head that these people. That get these exotic pets and these pets wind up living a long time and a horrible life
1: well even Michael Jackson's monkey that chimpanzee that was so famous he's in a rescue facility somewhere and he's lucky to be there, he had years of abuse and neglect before that and you know he he was the star, think about the rest of them oh we've got 30 seconds left we're here with Warren Eckstein we'll be back right after the break and we'll be talking more well actually I'm going to ask you how do you think dogs differ from cats in the way they think, in the way we train them? Maybe you can tell people about that when we come back. So stay tuned, everybody. We're talking to Warren Eckstein. And don't forget to give your dogs and cats hugs and kisses because Warren wants you to. I know he does. We'll be back soon.
3: There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like
1: home. For her.
3: Enter the code PAWS10, P-A-W-S, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com.
1: Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite.
3: Every week, on demand, only on (laughs) PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: We could talk to the animals, just imagine it, chatting to a chimpanzee, imagine talking to a tiger, chatting Hello. to a cheetah. Hello, we're back with All Paws Pet Talk Radio, I'm your host Deborah Wolf, and today we have with us Warren Eckstein and you know when they're saying talk to the animals, well I remember way back Warren when you told everybody to take a tape recorder and walk around and tape their animals. And people thought that was crazy, and I thought that made so much sense. Finally, you could figure out what your cat or dog really wanted when it said the same thing in the same way at the same time each day. It made so much sense. How did you ever come up with that?
2: Well, you know, having trained over 40,000 animals, you know, all over the world, you know, you start working with people, and you realize the animals really need to be understood and people try to understand animals from their perspective rather than taking the time to figure out what is my dog or cat really trying to say. So it just made common sense to me when I go into a home or even my own cats, I knew exactly what their different sounds meant. One was, I'm hungry, one was, hey, Warren, isn't the time to clean the litter box, one was, I want to play. And so I felt that so many people miss out on that communication with their pet because they don't understand what their pets are saying. But if they made a tape recording or or, or, or or a CD of what their dog or cat sounds like, it makes all the difference in the world in terms of really understanding and having that relationship. Because once you open that line of communication, man, that just opens the entire relationship between you and your pet. I mean, I talk to my pets about politics, religion. I have sort full of <laughs> conversations. I'm in L.A. right now, and my my, my two guys, uh, Skyler and Cisco, they're in Sedona, Arizona. I call them every morning to say good morning, and I call them at night to say good night. Some people think that's eccentric. Imagine me being called eccentric. But it makes me feel good, and it makes me feel good. So I'm a firm believer in exactly what you said. Taping and listening to those sounds is so critical.
1: When you talk about calling them on the phone, I sing to my pets. I take regular songs, and I change the words so that, You know, I get their names and words like walk and frisbee and whatever it is that they love to hear, and I sing to them. And sometimes when I used to be driving that route of dog-walking dogs, it would calm them right down to be sung to. It's pretty funny to see them all. If
2: If I sung to my dogs, they'd leave. (laughs)
1: Oh, you don't have a good voice. You know, singing is really important to dogs. There's a new movie out, a cartoon movie about two dogs, Alpha and Omega, and they really get it right in this movie. The the dogs howl, and normally when humans hear howling, we think of it as noise, but it's just beautiful. And, you know, I have a few dogs here, and the difference between the ones with the good voice and the ones with the bad voice is huge, really huge. I had a blue healer who just couldn't sing at all. Oh, other dogs would wince, you know? just terrible. It, you know, it's, but, it's
2: interesting. When I was studying in, in Europe at, at University of Frankfurt, what was interesting, what I found, is we had packs of wolves at the, at the Frankfurt Zoo, and we would study them. And it's mm-hmm. interesting. In the wild, for example, if one wolf starts to howl in the pack, the other wolves will howl alongside. Now, for years, people would think that's just a rallying call or a call to hunt. But by listening mm-hmm. and understanding them, if two wolves hit the same pitch, one will actually change to almost harmonize. So I am a believer harmony. that... It is yeah, in the wild, animals sing. Singing is not just, our music is not just for humans. Why are we so egotistical? I think we're the only ones that can sing and appreciate music. I think that wolves sing with each other, coyotes sing with each other, my dogs sing with each other, birds oh, sing with and each birds, other. Oh, birds. Birds
1: blow us away. I mean, birds are like symphonies. If one bird oh, is like... You know, that's just, but when you talk about this, okay, I wanted to ask you about other things, but we're getting off track. I can't help it. The other day, two weeks ago now, I had to have my Rottweiler euthanized. Terrible day. He had cancer. It's horrible. The vet came, and, you know, on a later show, I'll tell everybody about that. But, But one thing that was interesting, and it happened once before, about 15 years ago, when my Wolf Cross had to be euthanized, similar circumstances. The vet came. He walked into the place. No dogs barked. Okay, that's unheard of here. I run Camp Good Dog. There's often 50 dogs here. They bark if someone drives by on the highway. You know, nobody barked. He goes up the stairs. He comes in. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Big man, nothing. Okay. Then he goes to euthanize the dog. And after it's done, everybody here, and nobody was around. They were all far away and locked up so they wouldn't witness this. Everybody started to howl all at once for a couple of minutes. And then it went silent. And this happened years ago with the Wolf Cross, too. And it's just... They've got to know. They've got to know, right?
2: You know, there's an, there's an old, and, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of like an urban legend, but I really do believe it. When I was studying, and I'm Romanian by background, so I'm like a gypsy, you know, I'm like <laughs> one of those. My grandparents grew up not too far from Transylvania. That'll give you an indication. But I just remember that, that one of the things I learned from some of the old behaviorists in Europe Is there was a belief that when either a human being or a dog died in the neighborhood, um, Mm -hmm. that the other dogs in the neighborhood would howl, and sometimes the cats would even make vocalizations, because what they're actually doing is visualizing, and this is what they told me: visualizing the the soul moving from one location to another location. So animals are absolutely, positively aware of death, and I believe, and I'm sure you do, do Deborah, that 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 from my perspective that all living things have a sixth sense. I think it's inhibited in the majority of people, but it's not inhibited in pets, so I believe they know a lot of things uh, instinctively uh, and using their sixth sense that we'll never be able to put our fingers
0: on.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, people always want to make animals seem less than us so we can eat them and be mean to them and do what we want with them. But really, when you look at their hearing and their sight and all these things that we can measure with devices, they surpass us. But then when you look at things like their ability to find the car, you know, not get lost, just simple skills, so surpasses us. I mean, years ago, like I was telling you when I did that dog walking here, I'm up in British Columbia in the forest, and it's really easy to get lost here. And I would get lost quite often, a couple times a week. So finally, I realized that the dogs were never lost. All I had to do was teach them that what I actually wanted was for them to find the car. And I never got lost again. You know, like it was so (laughs) obvious that it was right in front of me all that time.
2: You know, I'm always okay. baffled, I'm always baffled by people, you know, when people call me up, and I had a great call last week, someone called me up, and this is the question to me, <laughs> you're going to get a kick of it, the woman calls me up and says, Warren, I have the greatest cat in the world, the cat has absolutely no problems at all, it eats, it uses the litter box, he's social, he loves people, here's my dilemma, I live by myself, and when I get on the phone, the cat just starts meowing like crazy and will not leave me alone. And she called behaviorist, she spoke to her oh, vet no. and everyone said, Yell at the cat, chase the cat away. No. I'm sitting down and I'm analyzing this and I'm saying, here's the story. The woman's in the house all by herself. She's on the phone. Who does she think the cat thinks she's talking to? <laughs> There's nobody else in the house.
1: <laughs> now He's cats are smart, but what that. do they
2: know from a phone?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So
2: once I explained to her that, you know, give your cat something to do, then get on the phone because your cat just assumes you're talking to him, then I think she finally got it.
1: Wow. So you've seen, it, it's obvious from what you're saying today that cats can learn. That's what I always tell people. And cats can understand things and they understand words and all that. So we have to go to break again, I'm afraid. But I want to know can you tell them a little bit about how cats and dogs differ and why you think you can train them both? We only have 60 seconds. Oh, no. Well, we'll have to come back. But maybe we could just start that a little bit. Tease them well, a little sure. Bit.
2: First of all, cats and dogs both learn through association. So it's real important to be consistent. However, because dogs are more pack-oriented animals, they're a little bit easier because they're used to instinctively following. And with cats, cats are more nomadic by nature. Uh, Even in the wild, the big cats live in prides, but individually, they're more nomadic, so they like a lot of changes. So I think the biggest problem people have with the cats, and the biggest thing that, that differentiates them is that dogs are accepting of our home. Cats need more changes within the environment, and if we gave them that, they'd be a lot better behaved and better off.
1: Okay, we have to go to break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you if a dog bites a kid, is it ever okay with the family? And if a dog bites other dogs, is it ever okay in the dog park? We'll be back with Laura Eckstein in a few minutes. Stay tuned.
3: Go to PetMeds.com forward slash paws, B-A-W-S, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com
1: celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14 carat white gold exclusively yours from ice.com free shipping over $150 free returns and 30 day money-back guarantee
3: go to ice.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at diamond.com. Ice.com or diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All behaved with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin-Tin Tinsel From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk Pets. Let's talk
0: pets on
1: Pet Life Radio.
3: Pet Liferadio. PetLiferadio.com. PetLife <laughs>
1: With all pause, pet talk radio, and Deborah Wolf, their host. I just said goodbye to war next Eckstein, and that was a personal career highlight having him on the show. And he says he'll come back, so that's great. So now our next thing on the show today, we're going to talk about something good and fun and feel good and do good that you can do in Orlando, Florida. So welcome to the show, Marsha, to tell us all about it.
4: Hey, how are you doing today? We are having our third annual Rescue Fest on January 29th from 10 to 4 p.m. And it's a fun day that brings uh, focus to 22 nonprofit rescues here in this uh, Central Florida area. And all of the funds raised from this event through wonderful raffle prizes will be all distributed to the rescues.
1: And where can, and, uh, how do they get there?
4: Uh, it's, uh, uh, 1980 West Fairbanks Avenue in Winter Park, Florida, which is a, in the center of the Orlando area. And the event itself is behind the Pookie's Pet Nutrition store on, on an acre and a half of property where we have a big festival type atmosphere set up with, uh, vendor booths and the rescues, of course.
1: Oh, it sounds like and, fun! So this is an outside kind of family fun day, is that right?
4: Absolutely. We've got face painters and pet caricaturists, animal communicators, food and product reps, pet trainers, pet sitters, photographers. Um, okay, so how can food. they find
1: out more if they want to go? Uh, can, if they you, want to go and they want to know more, how can they find out more?
4: You can either go to www.pookiesrescuefest.com or you can go to www. Wow, com and phone number is 407
1: Okay, Marsha, well, thank you very much, and I hope you have a great event, raise a lot of money, and have a lot of fun. Thanks for joining the show today on All Plus Pet Talk Radio.
4: All right, thanks so much for the time.
1: Oh, it's been great. So now we have Karen. And she's usually here with our dog of the day, cat of the day, pet of the day. But today, she's bringing us a little bit of an informational story. So what have you got for us today?
0: You know, in the news this week, there was a chihuahua, his name is Chico, who almost was taken by an owl. Even in urban areas, you know, people forget that we share our environment with wild animals. Um, If they live near a group of trees, they need to know what to look for in case they think there might be an owl nearby, need to be aware of hawks. Um, This was in Crystal Lake, Illinois, and he credited his chihuahua's winter jacket for saving his little four-pound dog, but I credit him
1: Uh, hanging onto the leash. Uh,
0: He was just walking him in the early hours on Wednesday morning when the owl just swooped out of the darkness and tried to grab him. Um, The owl couldn't get a good grip on Chico because the dog had a puffy winter jacket on.
4: Uh, Chico got
0: some minor scratches to his head and a puncture wound, but, but is recovering nicely.
1: We do have to think about that. There's a lot of things that can jump out of nowhere and get your animals. And I think people in the cities often forget that there's coyotes or coyotes everywhere. They really are there in downtown. They're everywhere. Foxes, coyotes, wild dogs. There's things that can get your little pet. So you have to watch it. And even if you have a big dog, you don't want him dealing with the wildlife because they have all kinds of diseases he can get, like heartworm, just from sniffing, the remain you know the droppings they leave behind i mean you just don't want any contact at all okay so have you got a dog of the day or a cat of the day for us and they can go to petoftheday.com dot com to see them yes
0: uh, today's dog of the day is a visla and she is a 45 pound lap dog and there's no convincing her otherwise
1: well she's... maybe inside but outside i bet you she's a streak of lightning those are fast dogs
0: Oh, she loves her favorite thing is her hikes in the wood when she can run like the wind and chase birds to her heart's content. There's no saying she ever catches them, but chasing them is fun for her. (laughs)
1: Okay. She lives in Missouri. Oh, sorry.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, she lives in Missouri, and this time of year, she makes the best bed warmer ever with that thin coat. You know, she snuggles under the covers with you, and you are nice and toasty warm.
1: There you go. Yeah, a lot of the dogs that have no fur, like the greyhounds that have a really short coat, Weimaraners, Chihuahuas, they like to be right under the covers with you. And then there's other dogs that are boiling. They like to sit beside the front door so they can try and get the draft because their coat's so thick. All right, well, here we've got snow today. So that dog would be shivering and trembling. So have we got a cat of the day today?
0: Today's cat of the day is a gorgeous um, sort of orange tabby Maine Coon. And he is, he's a little bit on the bad side. He'll only drink from the faucet. He opens doors, opens drawers. She even had to, his owner had to put locks on all her sliding closet doors because he Whoa, could even open now, them. See, I would
1: not call that bad side. I would say he's a little bit clever. I would say this is a smart cat. He only wants fresh water. Well, who wouldn't? And he likes to open things and see what's inside. Yes, definitely. Probably if he's that interested in cabinets and cupboards, I'm guessing she has a mouse problem and she doesn't know it. And she should let him in there. Let him go right in there at night. When she's up sleeping, let him do the work. Because she's probably got a mouse. But (laughs) what else? (laughs) Tell us about this beautiful cat. I want this cat. This cat sounds great. (laughs) He is just gorgeous.
0: He's got the fluffiest tail you've ever seen. Of course, likes to hang out in the sink like lots of Maine Coons. As you were saying, some dogs have heavier coats. Maine Coons, of course, have a really thick double coat. And so in his other picture... They're kind of
1: known for being dog-like in terms of cats. They're known for being the most dog-like of the cats, to greet you at the door, and some of them will fetch, and they tend to learn commands easily, and they're large. And so uh, they're characters for sure.
0: Oh, yes, and we call them the cats who go thump because they are (laughs) large cats. If one lands on you, you're going to know it.
1: Yeah. Now, is it true that their back legs are shorter than their front? Uh, Or the other way around? No, the other way around, that the front legs are shorter than in other cats because of all the time spent on boats? Is that a true story about the Manx cat?
0: That's one of those sort of... Urban, it's true of some of them, but, but not all of them. It, it's okay, one because of they, were, they were
1: very popular on boats, and a cat who has shorter legs and long at the back and short in the front does better on boats. So they tended to be those kind of cats who were selected and ended up breeding and reproducing. And so some of the true manks have a short tail and short front legs and long back legs, and they're very, very powerful cats. They almost look like two cats. <laughs> but, oh, no, we're running out of time. So could you just tell us what your pet of the day is before we have to go?
0: Before we go, our pet of the day is a little bunny named Bindi. And she's a French lop. And if she were a cat, I would say she's a dilute tortie. Never seen a bunny oh. with color quite like hers.
1: So like um, tiger's eye markings. That's beautiful. Yeah, Like the of... stone, the semi-precious stone.
0: Yes. Yes, with the sort of oranges and the grays and the coats.
1: And,
0: of course, sweet
1: little lop ears. Okay, everybody. Well, we'll be back next week. This was All Paws Pet Talk Radio with Deborah Wolf. And we've been talking to Karen Watts from Pet of the Day. Thanks for coming to the show, Karen. We're all out of time. Be good to your animals. Walk them. And for Warren Eckstein, give them a hug. Give them a kiss. We'll talk to you next week on All Paws Pet Talk Radio. it has been Deborah Wolf. Be good to your animals.
3: Let's Talk Pets. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.